Welcome to another exciting episode of the Humanist Group Podcast. We are so excited to have you here as we are wrapping up 2022 and moving into 2023. We have some exciting things coming. Uh, we'll be out at TPE, among other great events, and we're doing some stuff in Nicaragua. So we're going to have some great interviews coming from events as we have our kind of our origin where we started. Um, but I'm excited today. You know, the, the great thing about podcasting and the reason why I love this is, you know, you can't meet everybody, but you could get on a podcast now and meet some really cool people. And John and I have been talking I think we're already, what, John, 10 minutes in before we even recorded, uh, and we're paisans, so, you know, we got all these great connections in Canada and everything, um, but John, as I always say on the podcast, no one introduces themselves better than you do, so why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, and then we're going to dive in and talk about some great stuff today. I have a lot to live up to here, so I'm going to try to get this one right. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, my name is, correct name is John Peter Lorendi. And I am the founder of Peter James Company, uh, formerly Peter James Leather Company, Inc. Uh, founded in 2014. We were the first original um, luxury lifestyle cigar and accessory carry to market uh, at that time. And since then, the sky's the limit. I love that. I love that. And obviously, you know, being on your side, I see you guys got a lot of cool things, everything from cigars to cigar accessories, uh, just all sorts of different things. But, you know, I always like to ask, you know, and you mentioned kind of getting started in 2014. How, how'd you get into this, man? How'd you get into the, the luxury cigar market and, and the accessories? Well, I was, I don't know if I was in it. I was always a spectator and an admirer and an enthusiast. I've been in the cigars, if you will, for 20 plus years. I, I've lost count. Um, and then I was just like everyone else, you know, just trying every brand, yeah. taking that moment, enjoying life wherever I was, whether it was with a, glass of whiskey or with a friend or just by myself that was my that was my solace man that's where i really got to know myself and and find my peace and <clears throat> i'll make this short because it's 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 a long one but i'll i'll give you the thirty thousand feet in the air it, my wife would carry my my accessories around my shit my <laughs> two three cigar prong holders lighters cutters so every time we went out i'd say hey bring in the big purse she'd yeah. look at me like no I'm wearing a clutch. I'm like, no, no, no. You're bringing the big purse. Yeah. Got to carry all this stuff. And I hated putting it all in my pocket because then I just looked like I had pieces Artillery. coming up. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful fitted sport coat is just now yeah. you know, turned tactical. So eventually she just looked at me and she goes, I love you, but carry your own shit. Yeah. So uh, we went to market. We went, we're trying to find, you know, something similar to that, the Pelican case that would keep the cigars safe but also keep our accessories. And at that time, nothing existed. So, I mean, I'll just cut to um, the, the former, one of the other founders who's a former uh, partner of mine. Uh, we founded the company because people took an interest in what we made. We made a product for us, for yeah. myself, for him, for the, the guys that we used to herf with. And it just took off. People on Instagram were, where do I get this? How do I buy this? So we said, well, let's just start a hobby business which is all it was at the beginning and now cut to today where it's not just a hobby business, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beauty. I mean, I've obviously had, if, if I've been smoking cigars for 20 plus years, I have to have some sort of passion for it. Absolutely. You'd think I'm crazy if I didn't. So the fact that I now get to live and breathe that as my ability to earn income for my family and, and, and just have fun is is incredible for me 
Well, I got to ask, because you don't see it in this industry as much, but I've, I've heard it in other industries. Oh, man, I made my hobby my, my career, and now I regret it because I don't have a hobby anymore. Any, <laughs> any regrets there, though? Any, uh, how was it turning your hobby into a job? I mean, there's a, it does come with a little more responsibility, stress, anxiety, all that fun stuff. Yeah. But the love is still there. The passion is still there. I still make time, just like I would any other. Now, I guess... I guess the only downfall is just I know too much. I can't unknow the things that I know. <laughs> You've seen how the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, I'm sitting, whereas before I'd be sitting there and having a cigar, pairing it with a cocktail and just enjoying the journey of it. Now I'm like attentive, really figuring out what the blender was going for. Yeah. What are they trying to achieve with this one? It's just, sometimes it's like hard to just shut that mind off, say, shut up. I just want to smoke a cigar. Yeah, and and just enjoy it, right? Just yeah, enjoy it. yeah. But that that that's uh, both the blessing and the curse, you know. And then it's uh, you do get to be around it all the time, and you get to enjoy it. Well, I gotta ask too, because you know, obviously, and and we were kind of talking about it a little bit before being Italian, right? You know, you know, stranger to cigars, right? Growing up, I know I had an uncle John. We called him Uncle Johnny. Cigar was literally his nickname because he always had a cigar in his mouth. I've talked about him on the show before. How do you get introduced to cigars? So, talk to me about your first cigar. Well, my father. My father's always been a tobacconist, if you will, not in, on the sales side, but on the enthusiast side. He's, you know, he went through the commercialized to cigarettes for a while um, and then migrated over to cigars and really enjoyed a cigar on the golf course. Yeah. And um, there's a beauty. I mean, anybody who's seen a cigar, there's something so beautiful about the way they look, right? Yeah. Especially when I was watching him, you know, buy them or light them. Or... So eventually one day I was, uh, a friend of mine asked me to go golfing. I was a pretty avid golfer at the time. And he said, hey, if you have any cigars, bring some cigars. I said, what for? He's like, oh, we're going to have a cigar on the golf course. My buddies are bringing one as well. I said, okay. So I stole one from my old man's humidor. Um, and that was the start. That was the start. And the, the crazy thing was, I, I mean, I kind of knew, but I, I don't know how much I knew. But I had stole a, a Fujiba from him. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was pissed. I was gonna say you keep using the word stole, so I'm assuming it he was like not <laughs> I I still I still laugh to this dad. I say, but how pissed can you possibly be? You now have access to probably a pretty substantial collection of cigars. You can take anything you want. Yeah. yeah. Just because you lent me that one Kohima. Yeah, that yeah, it turned out that paid dividends, I think, right? Yeah, that, I think. After a while, that, that definitely played dividends. You know, too, the, the socialness of cigars, I know, too, I, I became known as the guy with the black box, right? Because I always had my little black portable humidor that I carried cigars in. And then it was like, like you said, you fit four or five in there. And then I, I had my wife stuffing, I think, two or three in her purse at one point because I needed backups for everything. What is it that you think draws people, though, you know, the not cigar smoker? That when you're at that maybe Christmas party, as we have some of these coming up at different events, what do you think draws people to, to say, hey, man, like this, this event's going to make different because this guy brought cigars what makes it unique i think at this point in time uh, it's curiosity you know i'm in my circle i've seen a lot of individuals turn their um the psychology aspect of cigars around whereas before it was like if they saw a cigar lit or anything they'd just get away from me yeah whereas now they're starting to enjoy the aroma you know, that, that stigma is being released and being um, sort of exchanged for peace, joy, any, everything a cigar brings to someone. So you're starting to see a little more openness. I think a lot of the, 
the the um what do you call it documentaries to um like the michael jordan one really helped yes. and you look at a superstar athlete like that who's smoking a cigar after a game you're like well how bad can that really be <laughs> that's michael jordan and he yeah. just won a, won the game championship game and then he goes in the locker room or any other tuesday game and lights up a cigar i mean I think that's that's there's a shift and now it's like people are kind of these these people who want to enter the market are a little bit afraid um they feel maybe intimidated by it so when a friend such so gracious as yourself brings them something to try they feel more comfortable yeah and that makes their experience a little bit better you know, too, I think, and and you talked about that that new smoker, right? Or maybe on the golf course, other things. And and the market's becoming a lot more competitive, right? There's more smoke options, if you will. We know the e-cigarettes and with the legalization of marijuana becoming more and more prevalent. Um, what's the future for cigars? I mean, they, I'm amazed that they're not only holding their own, they seem to be growing. What do you think is the future of cigars, though, as as we start to move forward? Um, in, in, in what sense? In the, I guess in the, in the competitive space of smoking, right? Because like I said, I think there was that... It's almost to say, I'd say for the last 10, 15 years, within that taboo, like you were saying, like no smoking here, yeah. you can't smoke anywhere. You can't, yeah. like everywhere was almost not smoking. Now everybody's like, where can we go to smoke? Like I've, I've got all these options now. Um, it's, it's you know, there, there's so much different. I see it more and more, even at, at football games when I'm tailgating, there's there's more people maybe having a cigar or enjoying other recreational smokes that they wouldn't before. Why do you think the cigar has has held strong, even with the competition of the e-cigarettes and and different things that have come into the market? It's two completely different experiences. Yeah. A cigarette, an e-cigarette, a vape, whatever they call it now. Um, it's 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 an instant fix of, of some sort, whether it's a nicotine high or even just a habitual pattern that you're trying to um, fulfill. Whereas a cigar is by nature meant to bring you back to earth, to ground you, to 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 give you some time because a cigar can't be rushed. Yeah. I mean, unless even if you pick up a small, you know, petite robusto, you're still dedicating 30, 40 minutes. It's not like you're puffing on a quick little vape. Yeah. So that 30, 40 minutes now of sheer time that you're just dedicating to oneself, I mean, that can't be replaced by a vape or a cigarette. Yeah. Not in my not in my opinion anyway. Um and you know, look, if if we're talking health risks, I'm not a doctor, but if you look at some of the rates in our in our industry that have paved the way, they're pretty much lived until their late to upper nineties. Yeah, and they were smoking <laughs> many cigars a day. So I don't really know the how valid these studies are, um, but I can I see the, the cigar. I see I can see regulations changing in the future to yeah. accommodate the cigar the cigar atmosphere. I just think it's it's you know we're everybody's starting to realize or kind of wake up in their own way. And, you know, maybe not everything that we're told is true. Maybe yep. it's time to explore for ourselves and make our own judgments and yeah. draw our own conclusions. So I just think that the customer is changing. The atmosphere is changing. And I think, I mean, I don't need to go too off topic here, but I think we as the industry have to evolve too. I think we're still a little bit too stuck in tradition. Um, and tradition as in, I don't mean tradition of making a cigar because that's absolutely romantic. Yeah, yeah, the craft of it for sure. Yeah. I mean, the way we educate consumers and sell them the product and merchandise, and 
customer care aspect. You know, I think that's that's been lost along the way um, with huge displays of thousands of lighters, and hundreds of ashtrays, and you know, I yeah, it, I, yeah. I just feel like uh, from from my studies, uh, people are just looking for an experience. That's all you have to do. Give them an experience. You know, and and you mentioned that I think that goes back to an earlier point you brought up about your father being a tobacconist, right? Knowing knowing the cigars, and you even mentioned your experience. I know even today when I walk into a cigar shop or you know a humidor in a cigar you know lounge, it can be overwhelming, right? There's so many different choices. There's so many different things you're seeing. If someone's listening to this and they're a new cigar smoker, how do you kind of walk into that room and be like, man, well, well I don't know, like what do I pick? Because and also the tobacconists aren't always always there, right? Like if we've seen some stores where someone's really educated and very helpful, and we've been in other stores where there's not always someone there that can help you. You're kind of on your own. How does how does somebody self-educate themselves when walking into a humidor? You know, I kind of, I, I use the same philosophy as wine because I, I also have a love for wine. And I get asked that question by my, my friends a lot because they're now really exploring the wine world and they get intimidated when they walk into a liquor store and see shelf of shelf and shelf and shelf full of wine. Where do I start? Yeah. I say, okay, well, look, why don't you start with one region? Pick a bottle that's in your price range. Okay. Study the everything about it, the alcohol content, the region it's from. When you drink it, observe the taste, the profile. If it if it pleases you, if it doesn't, what what doesn't please you? Write it down, journal it. And then the next time you're in that same liquor store, pick another region and do the same thing. The only way you're truly ever going to know is by experimentation. Hmm. I will not be able to tell someone what they're going to like. And this goes back to, you know, talking about if a cigar is good or not. It's not about if it's good is you're talking quality, roll, drop, burn. That determines whether the quality of a cigar is good. The blend is so subjective. Yeah. It's not meant to hit every, to, to make everybody happy. That blend is specific to a certain group of people that share a similar palate. So I what I like to do is when new cigar smokers come into our shop, our retail location, is I try to focus them in on Maybe the smaller cigars, give them a Robusto or something that they, that's not going to take up an hour. Just make a half an hour, 45 minutes for them to enjoy. And then I'll give them a mild, a medium, and a medium plus. I won't get, go too heavy on the, on the strength. And I explain this to them. I explain where, where the cigar is made. I explain the difference in tobacco. And I explain the experience they should, that, that they should expect, but never the flavor. Because the flavor is particular to each person. Yeah. Um, and I say, listen, smoke this. At this time. So if it's a mild cigar, I'll say you can smoke it in the morning with a cup of coffee. You can smoke it in the afternoon, you know, um, anytime before you eat a meal, like anything too big. And then I go on for the medium all the way to the medium plus. And nine times out of 10, they all come back they've, and they've like have this complete profile of every different. I like this because of this. And I like that because of that. I didn't really like this. I'm like, that's all cigar smoking is. So whenever you see a big shelf, Maybe grab a couple and experiment. That's the only way you're really going to know. Because, I mean, if, if we look at brands holistically, um, most, for the most part, they all have a similar style. Like they have their own style. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a Padron guy, you know you like that palette. That for, your palate is tailored to Padron. If you're a, I'll throw another one out there. If you're a Opus X or a Fuente, you know that that's specific to you. That's your palate. That's what your enjoyment comes from. And, you know, you just keep exploring different brands and see what, how they resonate with you. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that too, it's, it's such a casual industry that you can enjoy, you know, what you like and, and just go with that. I think everybody 
gets intimidated, like you got to pick the right one or get the right thing. Because everybody yeah. seems like, you know, I would say most guys don't know what they're talking about. Don't worry. <laughs> a lot of the guys in the shop are just they're BSing you anyway, and yeah. they they give them a hard time. But it, I, I love that advice to just try a little bit of everything, right? And it and it is like the wines. I always, uh, you know, I, I always say with wines and cigars, I'm I'm one of those guys that's bad. Like they all taste the same to me sometimes, you know, but. You know, when you get a really good one or someone tells you it's really good, that that sometimes, and I think it's the company, right? It's always the company of who you're with that also changes yeah. that experience of the cigar for me that that I always tend to enjoy. You know, I, I know you mentioned getting involved in this in 2014 and, and the accessories. You guys, you guys are covering the gamut, though. I mean, accessories, cigars, um, you know, w- what is it that, that, that you guys are offering that in the cigar and, and kind of having your own cigar, why was that important for you to bring into your line? Did that come first or was it the accessories first? Oh, the accessories. That's where we were. Uh, that's how we, we were born is, mm-hmm. is on the accessory side, the leather good side of things. Um, I think back in 2020, um, I thought, I thought when I originally took over Peter James um, solely, uh, I had a, I had a vision for where I wanted the company to go. It was, wasn't product specific. It was more experience oriented. I knew that if I'm a particular type of person about things like coffee, um, like my wake up routine, like the way I, I dress, the way I use aromatics in a room or the, the, per, the perfume I put on. If, if I'm like that, there has to be other people like that. For sure. And I, as I'm talking to more and more you know, cigar aficionados or enthusiasts, I realized that they're pretty much very similar. You know, when they enjoy something, they have passion for it and they enjoy it to its fullest. They try to create the ultimate experience. So that's essentially what I want to create is an entire lifestyle experience for the aficionado, which is all encompassing. You know, it's everything from a day to day to from furniture, because you're sitting on a, chair or sofa while you're smoking a cigar to the aromatics in the room before you walk in um, to the cigar that you're lighting up to what you light the cigar with to what you carry the cigar to your your event with i just want to touch the way it's touched me i want to touch that person's life if i can make that experience in any way better for them then that's you know mission accomplished for me i always say with to, to some of the members here we always have this conversation um with regards to what type of business i'm in and even though we're product focused, technically, I think of it as we're in the joy business. Yeah, our our business is to bring somebody joy, whichever way possible. If it's through a cigar, if it's through a piece of leather, um, if it's through a fragrance, what sense am I hitting, and am I making them happy? That's that's really it, man. We all just want to find a little bit of joy. So any way I can do that within the Peter James ecosystem, that's where I like to play because that's where I'm passionate about. You know, I'm passionate about how do I increase my quality of living through experience. You know, it's not for me when I wake up in the morning. It's not just how do I press the button and get the caffeine into my system. For me, it's I want this espresso to be like I was in Italy at a little cafe first thing in the morning, walking on the pier. Like that's what I recreate in my mind every morning. So that's why the coffee. You know, I wanted to make sure that. When somebody was drinking coffee, it was super creamy, silky, elegant. I didn't want any bitterness or any any sour finish. Um, and that's when we went to work to blend a coffee perfect for, for pair, to, to pair perfectly with a cigar. 
you know, and that's, it may look like, you know, we're just putting random things up on the site to make sales. That's not it at all. It's, it's still a work in progress, but when it's completed, people will understand the ecosystem and see how it's going to attribute to their everyday life. You know, I, I love that too. And it's that, that 360 approach. Cause I, I tell everyone my favorite thing that with a cigar is a cup of coffee. I mean, there's nothing better than a good, you know, cup of espresso with a cigar. I think that's just, there's just something about it, right? Like first thing in the morning, even, even at night, like after dinner, um, that's always been my favorite. What is it in the ecosystem though? What else are you guys looking to bring in? I know, you know, you kind of mentioned the future moving forward, you know, talk to me a little bit about that community. I know you have the shop and, and, and the people that are using the products. How, how have you kind of created not just, you know, that idea of the experience around the cigar, but the community around what the products you guys have as well. So I don't know if I can say this on air. <laughs> Remember what I said? We can edit it out if needed. <laughs> all right. All right. This part you're going to have to edit out. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it. But essentially what we created is, you know, we, we wanted, um, we needed a, a new space because of how we were scaling. Right. Um, we needed a warehouse, you know, we needed all these things. So as my wife and I were looking to make the investment, you know, it was a bigger space that we needed. And I said, okay, we'll just rent out half of it and we'll keep half. And, um, and then when I was in it, I, I just, you know, the, the visions just came, okay, well, this actually could be a really cool cigar lounge and this could be a walk-in humidor for retail. And, you know, this could be um, a, poker, a private high stakes poker room and this can be that. And this could, so it's like, I just knew that I had to do it. I just knew that it would make sense. So that's what we did. So technically it's in the smoking is not allowed uh, in, inside. So we, we technically have a speakeasy, we call it, because it's not a legal operation. But the space is absolutely, it's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful to sit in, um, reminds me of like that 1920s, um, lounge vibe, uh, you know, it, it just gives guys a space to, to get away because yeah. when you walk in, you walk into this commercialized plaza and you have no idea what you're walking into. It's like, people are just like, this exists. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know it's weird, but it's, that's the whole point. It's supposed to look like and feel like an escape from whatever's out there. Just come in here and let everything go. Sit down, smoke a cigar, have a whiskey, whatever you want. Um, and that's, that's that, that's what we're, we're trying to, that's what we create with our community. Well, it's not just, okay, I can carry my case in like, you know, the Pelican style case, right? Yep. I use that for years. I still use it to this day for for sporting and things like that, because I need something a little more rugged um, and durable. But for the person that you know wants to match their outfit and take it to a, a, a cocktail party or a, an event of some nature, and they just really want to make sure that it matches their outfit and their style oriented, I really wanted to touch on that. And that's why we went with the high quality Italian leather, all handmade approach. And that's the approach we take with everything that we do now. Just because that's who we are. That's that's who I am. If I buy something, I'm looking for the experience myself. You know, I'm not always looking to get what's cheap and easy. I just, if I'm gonna buy something, I like to buy it once and I like to make sure that I'm I'm, I'm investing the right um, the right value for for my dollar. And that's the approach we take with everything. It's how do we increase experience but also give people value? Um and those are the things that we've stuck to since 2015 and we won't deviate from. I love that. I love that. And what were you doing before that? What was, what was life like though, when this was a hobby, were you, were you in the, the industry of accessories or, or 
furniture, anything like that? Or, or did you just kind of come in with straight with the passion? Yeah, no, I was, uh, for me, I mean, I've always been in manufacturing. I've always worked in, in manufacturing, but I've always been on the marketing and brand management side of business. I had a, a brand management advertising firm for almost 10 years. Um, and then from there, I just kind of did some consulting. And then I got into the insurance world. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, for the people listening, you got to go watch the video of that part. Uh, and so you give me an opportunity to now live a, the day in a life of my passion and I'm going to take it yeah. and I'm going to do everything I can to hold on to it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I rode this wave into the industry somehow. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that we're, we're, we're quite noticeable just yet, but that's not what I'm looking for. I just want to be sure that we continue uh, being true to who we are. And, and adding value to our customers and, you know, have fun, man. I just want to have fun. I want my kids to see that. I want them to see that. Yeah. yeah. You can just, you can do whatever you want as long as you have love and passion for it. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. And I want them to, I want to be an example of that. I love that. Yeah. I was going to ask you that because, it, you know, it is, and everyone says we we're talking on, you know, before we came on air about kids and having young kids and everyone, the first thing they ask is like, oh, did you start a college fund for them? I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be the best option for them. Like, I don't know if that's really going to make them happy because I know that's what I got pushed into and it didn't make me happy. You know, so how do you, uh, and and I think there's a lot of people that want to get into this industry, right? I know one of the things um, that I've seen a lot is a lot of more boutique brands coming in when it comes to cigars or whether it's accessories or like a lot of these things. If someone says, man, I, I really want to though get into the cigar industry and I want, you know, I want to turn my passion into something that I enjoy. I'm tired of doing whatever. What advice would you give to them if they want to kind of break into the industry and start them, whether it's starting their own cigar line or maybe their own accessory line or something of that nature? Uh, wow. It's a lot. I have a lot of <laughs> lessons learned. I can share. Um, I think, mo- no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think, I think for the, I think the, the, the best piece piece of advice I can give is is if you're true to who you are and what you want, then you just got to keep at it. You know, um, it's not an easy business. I don't think anything is. Let's put that on the table. I mean, there's no such thing as an easy walk. Yep. Um, but I think if you just stay passionate and stay determined, then you know your 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 opportunity will come. I think that. You know, I have a friend, and I want to use this as an example because it's a, it's a it's a good story, and it pertains to to new individuals wanting to enter the market. She had a very good intention. She wanted to start a, a clothing line for kids. Okay, um, she had a couple of really nice products, and you know, the marketing behind it needed some work. The messaging needed some work. The platform, the photography, like we just needed some massaging. So she asked me. She goes, you know. Can you help? I said, sure, absolutely. You know, friends of the family, why wouldn't I? Um, so I looked at everything. She explained it to me, and I said, okay. So, why am I going to buy this children's outfit? She's like, oh, because it's terry cotton. I said, okay. What else? She's like, well, that's it. It's nice. It's terry cotton. I said, okay. You have to think of it from a consumer standpoint. There are hundreds of places. I can buy a sweatsuit for my boy. What's going to make me gravitate to yours? What's your value proposition? 
what solution are you providing? Is it because a lot of children's clothing uh, uses cheap material to save on cost? And this is in some way, shape or form is very smooth on their skin, makes them feel comfortable and attributes to um, sensory. Like, just give me something, you know? Yeah. And I think that pertains to a lot of individuals who want to enter anything. Um, the reason why we were successful in entering the market was because we brought to the market something that never existed. Mm-hmm. You know, had we come later with something that it, it might have been a lot more difficult, who knows if we would have ever really been in it. Um, so I would just say to anyone wanting to enter the market, if you have an idea, just make sure that you're, you're, you're genuine in your approach and you're truly solving a problem. Like if you think that there's a cigar that doesn't exist that has X, Y, and Z, and you think you can make it, then try it out, you know? Um, but you also see a lot of people just coming into the industry just because they see it booming and they want to make a, a buck. Yeah. And that kind of hurts. That hurts the industry a little bit, you know? I think yeah. it hurts the rep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said, right? Happiness, passion, doing it. You know, you got you got to love this, right? Because there is going to be, while it's enjoyable, there's going to be pain that goes along with it. And it's like in any business, right? Like you said, it's true of almost any industry that there needs to be that balance and that and that sort of, um, you know, I think regulation of yourself, if you will, and expectation. But it can also be, it could be a blast, you know? So, yeah, and you could smoke while you work, which I think is... <laughs> yeah, that's the real reason why I created this place. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that's the real win. You know, I could get fired for smoking in my office now. <laughs> you know, it's you know what's I, I was so I went to New Orleans a couple of weeks ago, and I was so excited because I, I from a, I've never been, and I used to hear from a few colleagues that used to, you know, go to jazz bars, light up a cigar, have a whiskey, and just listen to music and smoke cigar. And I was just like, man, I cannot wait to have that experience. I finally got to New Orleans and I'm talking to the concierge. I'm like, hey man, where can I go have a cigar? And he's like, well, anywhere that has a patio for the most part. Uh, and he goes, there's a cigar lounge you know, around the corner. It was, it was on Bourbon Street. And I'm like, what about jazz clubs? I'm like, nah, can't smoke in jazz clubs. I'm like, huh? <laughs> did I miss my window of opportunity? I'm like, yeah, you that's did. gone. I'm like, I mean, I'm sure there's something underground that I, I didn't know about it, but um, I was really looking forward to that one. Yeah, smoking I'm, in a jazz club. I'm still to this day weirded out when I walk in a bowling alley and it doesn't smell like smoke. I mean, it's just that that was like that went hand. You walked into a bowling alley or a pool hall, and it's like yeah. your eyes are supposed to sting. Now you walk in and it smells like a bowling alley. You know, like I miss I miss those days. It's definitely changed. Um, but like I think you said, I think the regulation come. I was just out in Arizona, and there was actually nowhere to smoke indoors anywhere there either. And we were it was eight degrees. <laughs> we were trying to find somewhere to smoke a cigar. It just it you know, and being from Florida, it was just not doable. But um, the other thing I want to ask you, coming from the marketing world, um, and obviously uh, in the cigar industry is a little different. What role has social media played for you guys in in kind of the growth and recognition of the brand, and and why do you think that's important to the cigar industry? Well, I mean, for us, social media was especially specifically Instagram was our our means of communication for the longest time. And I'm going back to 2015, 2014, 2015. You know, since then, a lot has changed. Um, a lot has changed. And I think the role of social media has changed as well. It's not so much a selling avenue, especially for the cigar industry, yeah. um, because of the limitations it has with regards to marketing and paid advertising. Uh, but I think it's still optimal 
uh, an optimal uh, tool for for companies to use to communicate with their target audience. You don't necessarily have, you have to be selling, but you just have to let people know what you're up to. I mean, the more people um, see that you're actually not working, but you know, living that passion and, and creating and changing and evolving, you know, they get excited. Um, the minute we stay stagnant and you know everything stays status quo, that's that's when people start to say, oh, okay, they're they're comfortable. Um, but I think it's important for us to keep communication lines open. Um, unfortunately, you know, advertising avenues have been eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's loopholes, but uh, I, and I yeah. think that our that organic community is is always uh, is always a great thing to tap into and a great thing to enjoy. Well, listen, John, this has been great. I really, really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to connect with you and they want to get to learn more about Peter James and find out about you guys, what's the best way for them to go about and do that? Oh, there's so many ways. Okay, so you can go on our web <laughs> on, online on our webpage www.peterjamesco.com. We're on Instagram at peterjames.co. Um, you can email us, info at peterjamesco.com. Or you can call us, 1-888-342-6656. We still answer phones. Actually, I do too. I, like, I think it's fun. <laughs> it's good to talk to people, right? Everybody's... Uh... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It yeah. keeps us it keeps us connected and alive. Yeah, yeah you know, what I called the other day and I thought I had a real person, but it turns out it was one of those like automated recordings. I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're a machine. I'm like, operator, operator. No, it's good to have that human touch. And it comes through. I think when you visit your website and social media, you see that you guys care and you have that connection. And um, I think there's a lot of great content on there. We will provide links to that. So if you're listening, uh, that's the way to connect. But uh, definitely check the description of the episode because we'll include those links there. Um, and John, man, I can't thank you enough for taking your time. This has been fun. I enjoyed having a cigar with you virtually. I hope someday soon we get to have one in person. Um, so if if you're down in this area or I'm up by you, we definitely got to make sure we connect. Absolutely. I mean, it might not be that far away either. Ah, I like. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. We're going to talk about that off air. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool, John. Well, sounds good. Right. I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate all of you listening. For more great episodes like this, visit thehumanifgroup.com, and we will see you on the next episode.